The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab number 2204. The heck is today? September 28th, 2009. <laughs> Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab. I'm Dave Hamilton here in Durham, New Hampshire. On the other end of the Skype line is John F. Braun here in Fairfield, Connecticut. And on the other end is Pete. And well, it's good to have you back, Pete. <laughs> it's I, good I to be think. back <laughs> in spite of all the trouble I've been causing here tonight. <laughs> Tonight's going to be an interesting show. Uh, we have actually quite a bit of content queued up. Um, lots of questions from you folks. Some some great tips, some cool stuff found. Uh, but uh, but to start off the show, John, you know, in a couple of weeks and it is only a couple of weeks away, uh, we're heading out to Las Vegas to go to Blog World Expo. And uh, and tonight we've got Dave Sinkin and Rick Calvert, the guys behind Blog World Expo, are coming on the show to uh, to talk to us. In fact, they're almost here. So uh, so this should be interesting. Do you have any, do you have anything to say, John, before we uh, before we try and loop these guys in? No, I just got a bucket of questions here, man. I, I, I they better answer our questions. I'm sure they will. That's 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 why they're coming on the uh, on the thing, especially if we ask relevant questions. But we're we're secretly uh, Dave is a, a Mac guy, of course, like like us. Rick is not, and uh, and so so there's a movement afoot here of which we are an integral part, John, uh, to to convert Rick to the Mac and show him uh, how to pry himself from the dark side. So. All right. Uh, well, if you don't have anything to add to uh, to this, John, let's uh, let's see if we can't loop these guys in and go from there. All right, John. So I think uh, we've successfully vaulted the Skype hurdles here, and uh, I'd like to welcome Rick Calvert and Dave Sinkin to the show. Welcome, Rick. Welcome, Dave. Hi, John. Hi, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it's our pleasure. So, Dave, you you and I got to figure this out. So, uh, you're going to be Dave number number sixteen, right? And and I'm going to be Dave number twelve because we got. That sounds good. Okay, that good. sounds good. As long as I, as I mentioned, as long as I'm not Dave number two, that's I'm, right. I'm fine. Nobody wants to be number two. Exactly. Okay, nope. Uh, so uh, this is the this is not the first year of blog world expo of course it, but it is the first year uh, that you've you've integrated new media expo uh in what how how old is blog world expo dave uh this is this is actually the third year uh that we're, we're holding the event uh we we uh, put the, put together plans for the event in 2006 um and actually uh, rick's got a little interesting backstory on the name uh, New Media Expo as it relates to Blog World. So I'm going to kick it over to Rick to uh, to kick that off. Well, you guys, uh, John and Dave, both know uh, Tim Berkwin, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and uh, Tim and I knew each other before either of us had started either Blog World or, or New Media Expo, which obviously was originally Podcast Expo. And um, the year that we launched Blog World, I, I literally found out about New Media Expo about three days before we were going to announce the launch of Blog World. And I went down and talked to Tim and you know, said, hey, hi, good to see you. And I uh, gave him my card and said, this is what we're about, the show we're about to announce. And he kind of looked at me uh, a little funny. And um, and I said, actually, the name of the show is going to be Blog World and New Media Expo. And th- that year, Podcast Expo was called uh, Podcast and Portable Media Expo. Right. And he said, that's weird because next year we're calling our show Podcast and New Media Expo. So... It's actually, <laughs> the shows merging together kind of eliminated a little name confusion uh, between the two, um, and, and we think has made it, you know, bigger and better than ever, so. That's great, that's great. Yeah, so, uh, John, neither John nor I ha- have ever been to uh, Blog World Expo. We've both been to all of the podcast expos in, in all incarnations of their name, Um and uh, and I'm actually very much looking forward to to going to Blog World Expo. Tell us tell us a little bit about what we can expect. What we and and of course our, our any of our listeners that are going to attend uh, can expect to see there and expect to run into 
And and tell us more about the the blog world side, and then and then if we can, you know, uh, kind of as a separate topic, talk about the integration of the the podcasting track into it, it if it's possible to split those out, or or if it's become more of a morph thing. Well, then that's that, then that's how we'll go. I think, and, and Dave can chime in here too. I think the, the the most important thing that it seems to so many podcasters is that. The podcasting portion is really remaining very consistent with what they had experienced at uh, Podcast Expo in the past. Um, I mean, lots of the same speakers or speakers from the same genre, lots of the same, um, you know, kind of uh, podcast rock stars you'd expect to see at uh, Podcast Expo in the past. They'll all be there. The difference for them, and I think significant, is that there's also all of these other rock stars from the social media space and influencers and really great people that you can learn from, from the blogging side, from the internet TV and radio side. And one thing that I always noticed about New Media Expo or Podcast Expo is that it seemed to be so narrow in focus in, in, in not even, for example, Chad Vader it hadn't been to Podcast Expo. And... You know, I don't see a distinction as a consumer between YouTube and, and a podcast. Now, a, a, you know, a true podcaster, a pure podcaster would make that distinction. But as a consumer, I don't. And um, I, I think all of our sites have become multimedia channels. We, we aren't just a podcaster or a blogger or on Twitter. We integrate all of those things. And, and those of us who haven't done it yet, I think, need to do it so we don't end up getting left behind. Interesting. Dave, Dave do you, he, Rick, Rick left the door open for you to add some yeah. stuff there. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I, I think. Well, it was it was really interesting. I mean, I've been I've been kind of a uh, uh, you know kind of a closet video journalist for for years and years, and I actually got into this to learn a lot so that I could uh, start to publish online. And I got involved, heavily involved with the San Diego podcast podcasters group down here. And you know, the interesting experience that I had um, when the group started was that you know. There, there were there was a tremendous amount of emphasis and time spent um, talking about you know sort of problems in growing shows. You know, there's some great shows, some great podcasts that are produced here in San Diego, and and you never hear about them. And they don't have they don't they, they didn't have a real good handle on distribution or reach beyond the local area. And I just thought, you know, um, this is going to be a great opportunity for, you know, for, for people in my, my local area and the San Diego Podcasters Group to come to Las Vegas and meet people to learn more about distribution, about advertising, about marketing your brand with social media and marketing your show through social media and, uh, and not just kind of uh, – uh, you know, affecting affecting the people that you can you can physically reach with uh, with your with with physical networking locally and uh, and through you know networking groups locally. I mean that that's the real that's the real opportunity I think um, with the event is to learn how to grow your show to have either national reach or international reach. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. We we actually started uh, more educational sessions in the San Diego Podcasters Group to kind of make a mini version of what we're going to do at Blog World and New Media Expo. And we've concentrated on distribution and production and advertising, different types of monetization. And now we're now we're kind of focusing next on brand building. And um, so I, you know, th- those are the things that I think are going to be valuable uh, for podcasters coming to the show for the first time this year. That's great. So, so it really is kind of a, a melding of, of all the worlds and you're not keeping this, this podcast track separate from, from the rest of the, the, the show. And it, it really is kind of bringing the, the, the hive mind together, if you would, it's from, from the way it sounds to me. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's go, go ahead, Rick. Well, I was just going to say, absolutely. I mean, the whole goal, when we first had the concept for Blog World, and so go back to the, the story of, of Tim Berkwin and I, we, unbeknownst to each other, led these parallel lives for a couple of years where we were both trade show producers. That's our day job. And I became a blogger as a hobby, and Tim became a podcaster as a hobby. And eventually Tim wanted to go to this podcasting event, and it didn't exist, so he created it. I wanted to go to the blogging event and it didn't exist. So we created 
pointed it. The biggest difference was Podcast Expo, again, pretty much stayed with podcasting-only focus, where we, before the first show, said, okay, wait a minute, this thing is not just blogging. It's blogging, it's podcasting, it's internet radio, it's internet TV, it's social networking. It's all of those things combined is what you know we call new media or social media. And, and we need really all of those elements as to be part of the event if we're really going to represent the entire industry. The problem was Tim's event was already there and great. And so the podcasters, I think, have been isolated for a while from the rest of the greater social media community, with some exceptions. Chris Brogan, for example, started PodCamp, but he gives keynotes at Blog World. He's been at our show from day one, um, and he's a big supporter of the event. Um, but we weren't able to attract you know, big numbers of podcasters in the past because they were happy going to Tim's show. Sure. Well, and, and, you know, to, to be fair, there, there was, you know, some, especially in the first, maybe even second year, you know, some, some camaraderie there, the hallway conversations that would happen were, you know, uh, very, very focused. And, and like you said, very, you know, a lot of tunnel vision there uh, with a, with a singular focus, but there, there was a lot of learning to happen that, that kind of, it, the show had moved on beyond that anyway. And I, 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 I think that the, this evolution is, is great for it. Uh, let, let's talk yeah. a little bit about a, a couple of things to do with the show. One is you recently announced, and I thank goodness that you did, uh, a, a better way for people to interact with or use the schedule for the upcoming show. And that is that you, <laughs> because the first one that was a bunch of GIF images or whatever it was, guys, uh, it sucked. Yeah, that's right. But uh, now you can use sked.org to, to, uh, to, to build your schedule for the show and sync it down to your, your Mac with iCal or BusyCal and to your iPhone and, and all of that stuff. And I, 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 I'm very glad that that came about. So I, I wanted to make sure everybody here knew about that. Is there, uh, uh, do you have anything to add? Go ahead, John. Yep. All right, just, a, just some mundane stuff here, but uh, just to, to make sure you guys hit it here. So I think this is uh, hinting at, because, yeah, I think I looked at one point for a schedule and didn't really find anything. But I'm going to assume, if you could just a high level here, so I'm going to assume there's exhibits like every show, conference with multiple tracks, and I would gather that this helps you schedule that in a sensible fashion. I don't know if there's you know, too many tracks for you to uh, bounce around or should you follow a single track or whatever and... Uh, and then I'm wondering about maybe some of the, uh, uh, what should I call, networking opportunities outside of the, the show proper. Dave, you want to take that one? Are, are you referring to evening events? He is. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, perhaps adult in, uh, in that there will be, uh, you know, rushing okay. coverages and uh, all that sort of thing. But, but including, you know, uh, again, things to do, keynotes, uh, and anything right. that you want to point out that people should right. uh, miss. Uh, well, well, for keynotes, actually, um, let, let's see. We actually we can't we can't uh, we can't give you uh, uh, we can't announce all of the keynotes right now. We have most of them that, that we can announce, um, and they're they're public on the uh, on the sked.org site. Um, we've got a, a Thursday, Thursday morning keynote from uh, Laura Fitton. Uh, that's the first first day of the full access pass uh, conference track uh, called Social Media Business Summit, um, and that uh, that that's a three day a three day conference track, and only full access pass holders can access uh, the sessions in that track. Um, the Thursday luncheon keynote will be uh, Kara Swisher, uh, who's co uh, executive editor and uh, and uh, producer of All Things D, yeah. and uh, she'll yeah. be interviewing Scott Monty from Ford. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, then in the afternoon, uh, uh, Rick, do you want to talk about uh, sponsored conversations? You've been you've been working on that keynote panel. Yeah, so it's a big topic right now. Sponsored conversations is, is it ethical? Um, is there a line that you can go up to a point and not cross uh, so it's ethical? Um, some people, I know the purists out there who don't think bloggers and podcasters should ever be allowed to make any money. Um, so that's a big topic, and uh, we have a panel on that with Wendy Pearsall, uh, Ted Murphy from Paper Post, and now Isaiah, who a lot of people love to hate um, and uh, uh, moderated by Jeremiah Al Yang who um, is a yeah. super super smart guy from Forrester um, and that's just the keynotes on the f- and then at the end of the day is Chris Brogan so four keynotes just on the first day um, 
And then the second day, um, we have a, a panel called The Death and Rebirth of Journalism which is Don Lemon from CNN, uh, Hugh Hewitt, nationally syndicated radio host, uh, Joanna Drake Earl, who's the COO of Current TV, um, and Jay Rosen, uh, uh, who's a journalism professor from NYU and moderated by Brian Solis, which I think is going to be, again, a very interesting panel talking about how what we do, us you know, upstart new media guys, uh, is changing their world. Um, and I think uh, these the recent elections and protests in Iran, um, what happened with Twitter during that whole um, that, that whole period, I think really was the moment that the traditional media started to open their eyes to what new media really could do. Um, I, I think they always kind of considered it a novelty up until then. Um, and and that that's the that's to open up the first day. Is that right? Uh, sorry, the first so day, the, 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 that's to open up Friday, which is the first day of the weekend pass. Is that right? Exactly. exactly. That's when the exhibit's open, and all attendees can go to, to all of the keynotes on Friday and Saturday. Okay. And, um, any, any other highlights? Then, any other highlights from Friday or Saturday in terms of keynotes? What, one or two others? So uh, I'll, t- I'll mention the last one, why people want to stay to the very end. There you we go. have yeah. Guy Kawasaki. Um, it was the very end of the show. Guy Kawasaki interviewing Kevin Pollack, who does Kevin Pollack's chat show. Yeah. Uh, Chad, the Chad Vader guys, Matt and Aaron, who are going to be freaking awesome and debuting the next episode of Chad Vader at the show. And uh, if you couldn't tell already, Dave and I are big Chad Vader fans. And um, we just uh, confirmed her today, the blog S, who, hey. if you've never read her stuff, my, my wife's hilarious. obsessed with her. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. So, oh, cool. Um, we're, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Now, now I there, think, uh, go ahead, Dave. I think Rick might have forgotten somebody by the name of Leo. Oh, Leo. Leo. Oh, yeah, well, you know, Leo is going to show up, and he's going to talk about some stuff. That's great. He's he's always awesome. He gave a keynote for us the first year. But, John, you asked the question, are there going to be any parties? And the answer is yes, every night. Thursday night, we're at the bank inside the Bellagio Hotel. This place is unbelievable. Friday night, we're at Jet inside the Mirage Hotel. Uh, And Saturday night, again, right after Guy's talk, um, we're at the pool at the Las Vegas Hilton. So we have evening events every night for everybody. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Um, All right. So let's get down to the the real reason that we're here. Uh, As as some of you might notice, uh, you know, John and I, of course, are are on uh, John and I and Dave are all on what what sound to be computer microphones. And then Rick is uh, we had to we had to loop him in on the phone. And and the reason, uh, of course, is because John, Dave and I are all on uh, Max and and Rick, is, uh, he 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 lives in a land where there are only Windows machines, and so we, we all must we all must take a moment uh, and 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 feel for him. But uh, but but he, I'm normal. <laughs> oh, contraire, my friend. Not in these circles at all. Uh, we. Uh, but we we tried to get Rick in on his on his Skype and there was all sorts of background noise and everything. Clearly just some, you know, trivial Windows issue. But uh but we, we got him we got him on here. So so Dave Dave has been pushing uh me and and by proxy John to 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 join this crusade to recruit you to uh away from the dark side, Rick. What what is it that's keeping you uh from from relinquishing or from, from having the dark side relinquish its control? upon you I'm just not a Mac fanboy or an Apple fanboy I don't have an iPhone I never use my iPod I don't have a Mac and I just don't think they're that cool and um and, and, and I'm and I'm a rebel. When other people think they are cool, that means that you know, for me, they're not so cool. And, and and on the social media side, honestly, I just don't see where Apple is very friendly to social media. Um, and and I find it very ironic that they have so many fanboys that, <laughs> that just don't get the love from back from Apple. But. Uh, Probably never get them as a sponsor now, but that's just the way I see it. Uh, no, no, yeah, you're right. Apple, Apple has a very strange relationship with the media, and they, they in they their out of Mac world. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. That's right. Yeah, no, they, uh, they're, they're interesting. And I wouldn't say that you need to be a fanboy uh, to, to, to be a Mac fan. Um, 
you know, my my Mac usage started and maintained simply because I was out there uh, fixing Windows machines all day. I had a consulting business where 90 percent of the work I did was was on Windows stuff. And I frankly just wanted my computer to work when I got home. So I stuck with the Mac. Uh, but, well, so so hold on. So so let's dive into this. If you guys don't mind. I love yeah. having this discussion, oh, no, especially because I know you guys, you is. know, I'm outnumbered. and You guys are smarter than me, so I probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But wasn't the reason your 90 percent of your time was fixing Windows machines because 90 percent of the people own Windows machines? OK. And because. It's, it's easier for hackers to hack machines that have more users than machines that don't have as many users and have an open system versus a closed system and all those sort of things. You're right. It certainly, <laughs> it, yeah. The, ignore, the, ignore that question. No, no, no. This is a good question <laughs> because I because I, I found a very interesting thing in the, you know, 15 years that I, that I was doing field service calls. And you're right. Of course, there are more Windows machines out there. And then there were you know, proportionally even more than there are now. Right. Uh, so certainly that's why most of my work was, was on windows machines, but I noticed something and this was independent of the number of machines that I was on 90% of the time that I went to do a windows service call. It was to fix something that was broken on the computer, uh, either hardware or software, you know, and restore the computer to functionality that it had prior. Ten percent of the calls were to add something to train the user on something new, uh, you know, to enhance functionality on the Mac side. It was exactly the opposite. It was 90 percent of the time I was there installing something new, training them how to do something new, you know, adding functionality, be it in the user's head or on the computer itself. There was 10 percent of the time I was fixing the problem. And and that epit- to me epitomized what you know what the difference was between the two platforms. So uh, so yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll tell you a couple couple other reasons why I'm still a diehard yeah. PC guy. Also, so many people love to hate Microsoft, and um, I, I actually feel sorry for them. I you know I don't know if you guys remember when Microsoft sent out some free laptops, like new top of the line laptops for some tech bloggers to, yeah. to use. Yeah. And. They caught a bunch of crap for it, saying, oh, they're trying to buy people off. And um, I posted at the time, you know what? If they wouldn't have sent them those free computers, they never would have tried them in the first place because they're all Mac users. So right. um, they just have to try harder. And, and that's not even a PC thing. It's a Windows thing, which comes with PC. But So quick story. Go ahead. I yeah. worked for Comic-Con for a while. And... They all use Macs, and I've been a PC user my whole life, um, and I think because I use it for work. You know, I'm not a creative guy, and it used to be, you know, if you're creative, you got a Mac, and if you're work, if you have a job, you get a PC, right? So, um, <laughs> and so I go to work for Comic-Con. They're all Mac users. They say, you have to switch to a Mac. We don't use PCs. We hate them. Like, okay, so I need, you know, some CRM software for my PC to do my job because I'm a sales guy. Right. And, um I can't find it. They don't have any CRM software. And my boss goes, oh, we'll go to Macworld. We'll find CRM for you. I'm like, okay. Good so luck. we go to Macworld. We looked the whole building and finally went to the Mac Genius desk and asked them, like, oh, no, they don't really make that for Mac. Yeah. Um, now, that's changing with Web 2.0. And sure, Salesforce think, works on anything. Right, right. Yeah. And, and every other application. So there's there's a whole lot of, I think that's why you're, uh, one big reason you're seeing so many more people move to Macs now because it doesn't no matter. security, stability is, is, is definitely better there. So, so, well, so Rick, this actually, is interesting. I, Go ahead, John. I just want to toss something in here. Is Rick, I'm on your side in that. So actually, uh, you know, in my other life, I actually do Windows development and I have a Dell. Oh. So I'm okay with either one. Um, but, but it's interesting because what I notice in the, in the, the, the place that I work at, which will just be a, a faceless uh, fortune company, is uh, we're having more of our techie and R&D people getting PCs just because they have multiple, uh, I'm sorry, Macs. It's because now they have multiple computers to play with. They can do virtual machines. VirtualBox is my favorite. And we have people running multiple OSs, and there's rarely a case where they need specialized hardware. Though sometimes they do, and I've even done some kind of embedded type work. And, and I still think Microsoft development tools are are uh, very good uh, for a lot of people. I'm not thrilled yeah. with Xcode. I got to tell you, I, I, I took a shot at doing some iPhone development and I was not as happy as I was. Uh, I actually begged the real basic people. I'm like, can you guys make a version of your thing for the iPhone? Because real basic to me is something that, you know, is, is very good for uh, at least on the Mac side. And I have noticed uh, for, for all you guys is that at the, at least at the, uh, you know, the shows that Dave and I have been to, the, the in any room where there are people with computers, I would say, 
usually uh, 80% are max. In, yeah, that, in, that's, in that's the shows we go shows. to. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, right, Macworld, so, duh, but, so, so <laughs> but Rick, the other shows... I have a uh, I have an interesting observation and 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 based on a couple of the comments you made, you you said you're a rebel and that's why you're a Windows user. I, I find that very interesting because that's why a lot of Mac users are Mac users at least you know uh, starting ten years ago. Right now it's it's yeah. sort of it's now it's sort of you know the in thing and and you're in the cool crowd if you're a Mac user. But it that certainly was not the case uh, up until recently. So it's interesting to hear. You know that the Windows side is it appeals to the rebel in you. That that's uh, that that's a turn of events. <laughs> well, well, just like you, the events that I go to, eighty percent of the users, eighty percent of the people in the room are on Macs. So I'm one of the few who's got a PC. Um, and and <laughs> I probably like so, it. That's right? Awesome. That's interesting. <laughs> that's fascinating. It's like and, the people and, I see by the way, this is important. PC. Most bloggers are PC users. Yeah. Most podcasters, I think, are Mac users. That's probably um, true. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, All right. I, cool. I need, I need oh, to become ahead, a podcaster. I need to become a serious podcaster. I, I was the rebel. When I started on Macs, it was 19, oh gosh, 87, I think. And I was the rebel. Everybody around me had a PC and they didn't have any, any Macs in, uh, in my curriculum. So I bought a Mac and uh, taught myself how to use it and started like with, Adobe Illustrator 1.0 and Photoshop 1.0 and was using them when, you know, the OS was on a floppy disk and, you know, everybody uh, thought, just saw Max on, on some special commercials and there weren't any, any to be had. So, uh, one more thing, by the way, on the Mac PC argument, um, until I started blogging, I was a really serious gamer and you could not get the same titles on a Mac as you could on a PC. Right. Um, much more limited. Now, I don't know if that's changing uh, more recently, but um, it's changing. You usually get the title, you know, months ahead of time, and you'd have more titles available on a PC. And it's still the case. It's changing, but it has not changed. So, all right. So, Blog World Expo is uh, October fifteenth through seventeenth. Uh, there are still passes available. There are still hotel rooms available, and. Uh, for the hotel rooms, you guys got a great rate for people. Uh, I think that lasts at least for a couple more days, if not longer, depending on uh, you know what the what the availability is. But for passes, uh, the early bird pricing has uh, expired, but you can still get twenty percent off. Dave, correct me if my, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can still get twenty percent off. Okay, with with the Observer VIP code uh, if you use that at checkout. So be sure to uh, to apply that to make sure you get your discount. And uh, and John and I will be there in town. Uh, I think we're both arriving late night on the 14th. So we'll be there all the way through. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys. Is there any 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 parting words that uh, before we before John and I detour off and get back to our uh, our regularly scheduled Mac programming? Dave, I well, I don't think you really converted him to uh to mac or, or made any any headway whatsoever so i, I was kind of counting on this and looking forward to it for several weeks so i'm 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 stubborn i'm, I'm kind of crushed uh, look, look man this is this is the, 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 this is a very subtle uh, it's a battle full of nuances and and we'll get him there but you got to understand that that these things take time john and i are professionals at this uh we do know what we're doing and we will succeed but uh but you know we can't we can't convert everyone on the on the first step. We've got to you know it's very very subtle, very very subtle. So when subtle discussion fails, you know physical physical confrontation and, and abuse we as well. Well, we're bringing so. our sledgehammers to uh, to Blog World Expo, so we'll take care of all his, his hardware there. He'll be forced to go out and buy new stuff, and so maybe that'll you know give him an opportunity to rethink his mistakes. So it sounds reasonable enough. It sounds, sledgehammers are always reasonable. That's right. All right. Uh, so. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, on a more serious note, I, I hope that folks can come out and join us. I think that they're going to have a lot of fun. I think they're going to learn a lot, um, and they're going to get to see a lot of friends uh, there. So I'm um, hoping uh, everybody can come out and join us. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Again, this was Rick Calvert and Dave Sinkin from Blog World Expo. You can learn all about it at blogworldexpo.com. Rick and Dave, thank you so much for making the time. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. We'll see you out in Vegas. We'll see you in Vegas. Go. 
All right, so we're uh, we're back. We uh, we unpaused audio hijack. We got rid of them. That was, it was interesting finding that you know the the rebel is the one that wants to use the Windows machine now. That's with, uh, with all the people you know buying Macs these days. It almost is a kind yeah. of you know reverse rebel counterculture. It, certainly in in our world, and I don't just mean it makes Mac you stand, world, It's almost but, like buying a Zune. You know, it just yeah. makes you stand out. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, because everybody's got an iPhone or an iPod now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they still got that. They there's still some nice PCs. That's right. I've seen some latest, uh, yeah, some of the latest Dell designs. Sony always has something nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, I, I gotta, uh, I, 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 I have to, and I also want to tell everyone about our first sponsor, which is uh, no stranger to regular listeners of this show, and that is Audio Engine at AudioEngineUSA.com. We're talking about the Audio Engine 2, the A2 speakers. These are desktop speakers, two separate speakers. Uh, there's an amplifier in one of them. So you connect your computer to, uh, I believe it's the left one. And then you run a cable from the left one over to the right one. And uh, and you get beautiful stereo sound. You can get a nice separation out of it. It's got, these things are small. They're, you know, they fit on your desk very easily. But they have a ton of low end. They built a base port into them. They actually have two speakers in each enclosure, a tweeter and a woofer. And, uh, you know, for my birthday last week, John, the family got me uh, the the new Beatles remastered uh, box set. And I've been listening to that at the house uh, almost nonstop since I got it. And this stuff just sounds great through these speakers. They're they're one ninety nine. You can get them in black or white. So you have twice as many choices as you had with the first automobile, which is fantastic. Uh, and uh, and you can see everything at AudioEngineUSA.com. In fact, we have a coupon code uh, for Audio Engine, and I believe it's MGG10. That's M-G-G-T-E-N. And I'm hoping I'm getting that right. Um, and if Me I'm, too. If I'm not, hang on. You know, I, gotta, I just got to look it up. That's the reality of the situation. Is uh, I want to make sure I get this right for all you guys out here. So, Audio Engine, it is MGG10, M-G-G-T-E-N, all caps. That will get you 10% off, so uh, so that gets them for you for uh, about 180 bucks. Dude, so, the, more, the more you talk, the more money people save. I mean, you had a code for the show, you got one for these. I mean, just, I just keep talking. I just to keep me. talking. You, Give me more. That's right. You, you, can't, you can't afford not to listen to us. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, so that's AudioEngineUSA.com. All right. Let's uh, let's get into some of these questions here, John. Let's let's talk about Drew. Right? Should we uh, should we talk about Drew? This was an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, I was I, I did not know the answer to this when it came in, and I was very pleasantly surprised when I, I thought found I knew, it. but I was wrong. Okay. All right. So Drew writes. I've been using BB Edit, but it's important to note, don't tune out because this question asks about BB Edit and you don't use BB Edit, even though you probably should. Um, but uh, it, but it, it applies. It's a more global thing than that. So Drew asks, uh, I've been using BB Edit for about six months now, and I love it. I know that you are BB Edit aficionados and can assist me in finding the answer to my question. I would like to change the format of the timestamp when I insert it from the edit insert full timestamp menu. When I insert the timestamp, it looks like this. And he goes on to show me what the timestamp looks like. I would like to have 24 hour time, get rid of the AM PM, get rid of the time zone. Any assistance would be appreciated. Thanks for a great podcast. Okay, Drew, this gets very interesting. I started digging around inside BB edit, John to no avail. And then I thought, you know, those bare bones guys. That's they, what I thought. That's where it is. Obviously it's in the application itself. Cause almost every application under the app itself has a preferences. And it did. It had a preferences and, thing, but there was nothing in there. And I thought, you know, huh. those guys at, somewhere. Yeah. Those guys at bare bones, they, they, you know, they're, they're all about flexibility. So not being able to customize this is crazy. And so then I thought, wait a minute, these guys like to follow Apple's rules. So let me go and hunt around in system preferences. And sure enough, in BB edit follows uh, whatever is selected in system preferences, language and text. Now it's language and text in uh, snow leopard. I think it's called international. It is. It's international ah, in leopard, right? So 10.6, it's called language and text and 10.5. It's called international. And there are, if you go in there, you'll see that there is a section for, for numbers and then a section for time and a section for date. Uh, you can choose customize on dates and times. There are four options uh, for you to choose from and customize. There's one called full, one called long, one called medium, and one called short. BB Edit 
uses short for short and long for long. So full and medium are ignored by BB edit in this instance. And you can go in here and you can pick what you want, right? So you can, you know, put separators in and you can customize the date any way you want it. And then uh, you'll see a lot of these things have little drop downs. And for example, Drew wanted to have uh, the full timestamp in 24 hour mode. Well, once you put the hour into the timestamp, you get like a little triangle drop down. And there are eight options. And it's interesting. You can do the time 12 hour time with and without leading zeros, 24 hour time with and without leading zeros. And then you can do 12 hour time with the clock starting at zero for midnight. And then you can do 24 hour time with the clock starting at one for midnight. You want to talk about confusing the heck out of yourself. I, I don't know why you'd want to do either of those, but it's an option and you can choose to do it or not to. And my guess is there's somewhere where that's how it's measured. But gosh, I I'm looking over here at pilot Pete who flies all over the world and he's never heard of this. Have you? No, I haven't heard of doing it that way. No, <laughs> I can't imagine why you'd want to different. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. You're counting the numbers of hours, I guess, but uh, yeah, that's different. It's kind of like, yeah. First century. Well, it's awesome. Second <laughs> century. Right. If, that's right. if we go back formats. in time, maybe they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the format section. Now I did notice something on my snow leopard machine. There's yep. also a text selection and language and text apparently it does automatic character replacement right uh which i hadn't seen that before i just kind of stumbled across it because we were there but uh yeah so if you do like you know paren c paren it'll do a copyright symbol and so on oh right right yes that's right that's new in snow leopard yeah it's it's sort of a uh a, a poor man's text expander if you will that's right yeah and like if you do one half there's usually a one or, or often there's a one half symbol in a lot of fonts so yeah uh, well, that's kind of neat never noticed yeah. that yeah Cool. Uh, This one. This is a good one. All right. So John's been looking forward to this one. So uh, we're going we're moving on uh, at John's request to John and John writes. I've got a right clicking conundrum. Right clicking gives me extra fields that are blank. The screenshots and audio. Oh, that's right. He gave us audio. I completely forgotten. I don't have the audio here. Huh? You know what? I'm going to put the show either. I'm going to put the show on pause and see if I can't find it. Hang on one second. All right. I think we have it. Hi, John and Dave. This is John from New York City. And uh, I usually pride myself on figuring out my Mac problems, but I got one that's kind of got me stumped. So I'm turning to you guys. I've sent you a few screenshots, but I'll kind of describe them in case someone can't see them. Um, When I'm in iTunes or actually kind of any place throughout the uh, Finder, as well and other programs when I right click on um, different items sometimes I get extra menu items that are blank that shouldn't be seen like for example if I'm in iTunes and I right click on your podcast I get all these different options I could do with that file and then at the bottom under get album artwork and under apply sort field there look like there are two more areas that should have menu items in them that are blank and these two er blank areas are separated by a field separator Um, if i'm in flex for example and i've sent a screenshot of that there are all kinds of like blank areas that don't have any options in them and uh, this was happening in leopard and i didn't deal with it because i knew i was upgrading to snow leopard um which I did through uh, the, just the regular update, but it was a it was a very recent build of Leopard as well. So something I've done, I guess, has messed up the right clicking in uh, the menu items that show up there. It doesn't affect functionally how anything works, but it's just you know irritating <laughs> that these extra things are there. So so if you guys could uh, help me figure this out, that would be great. All right. Uh, so we dug into this a little bit here, John. Um, anything that and 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 if I'm wrong, I you know I I'm not a hundred percent on this, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna you're, be honest going into you're, this. You're, I think uh, because I have a few tangents, but I think they're relevant. But I think you started okay in the right place to to uh, yeah the place to start, which is not intuitive at all. So okay, so the things that affect the contextual menu are usually stored 
in the input managers folders. Now, those would be either home slash library slash input managers, and that's input managers with no space or on the root of the hard drive in the main, the, the top level library folder in input managers. Obviously, one, the latter is system wide. The former is just for your user account. So the first thing I would do is go in there and clear those out. Input managers are, are kind of a holdover from Leopard. Uh, but my guess is you've got something out there that's that's causing uh, causing an issue. And, I, you know, I don't know what what that issue would be. But uh, but that that's that's the place I'm going to start here. Uh, and, John, I, I don't think you I think you've just got a tangent. Right. Or do you have a, something to add to the answer here? Well, you know, I, I think he addressed this or was starting to. I'm still not entirely clear if he's running Leopard or Snow Leopard, because I think he mentioned Snow Leopard. Yes. He, well, he said he had both. He said he had this problem in Leopard and in Snow Leopard. Okay. So I will agree with you. So one is a bit of a tangent. So one, I was looking in the places that you suggested, which is either home library input managers or library input managers. I tried to find my home library folder. It was not there. Wow. I swear. Yeah, you had so, this problem once before, though. And so I want to link to the article again, but what I had to do was set the invisible bit on the library folder. Oddly enough, I can see it in the, in the terminal. And it's actually an article that Ted Landau did a number of years ago, uh, a Mac Fix It article that uh-huh. tells you about this thing called Set File, which is part of uh, the developer tools. Um, yeah, I don't have the exact path, but the article does. So once I saw it, then I looked. But then the other thing is that I, I did a, uh, I think, my Google foo was, was slightly different here because I actually came up with something that says for the most part, input manager add-ons in snow leopard are broken because I noticed this someone, uh, during the day on my Twitter feed said, you know, I'm kind of noticing there's not a lot of add-ons in my snow leopard installation. And I looked at my snow leopard machine and I'm like, you know, I think there's stuff missing cause it used to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there are two issues here. One was my thing, which is specific, but it's useful in that if a file's invisible, uh, there is a way to make it uninvisible. I, I don't know who keeps making it invisible. It's just a, a cruel joke. And then input it's, manager, it's me, John, it's me. But how Pete, are you Pete, doing Pete it? And I, Pete and I keep doing it. We're not going to tell you how, but, uh, <laughs> but we're having a lot of fun with you. But, but it strikes me that so apparently input manager is kind of a hack or at least something that is supported under leopard or not fully supported under snow leopard and i found an os 10 hints article where they say as much that some things like checks and a few other things are just busted if you try to invoke them as you have in the past so it right. sounds like the direction to take is yeah look in that folder they're they're clean it up or maybe just start looking especially if you're in snow leopard find the updates because you're going to need them because uh things will break so i thought that was kind of useful cool uh you know the the other thing it could be is it might have nothing to do with input managers. This might be stuff that's supposed to appear in that menu anyway. And maybe there's a bad cache uh, file or something. Now, in theory, that stuff's not supposed to hold over into Snow Leopard, but we, yeah. we've seen stranger things happen. So it's possible. And and I would I would say, you know, definitely go get either uh, cocktail or now onyx has a beta out uh, that are you know both of them are, are compatible with snow leopard uh, go ahead and run those and clean out your caches and and see if that uh, see if that helps so um where are we time wise here you know i i want to uh, i want to tell people about our second sponsor for the show which is a cool app uh, it's an app called pathfinder from cocotech at cocotech.com now this is a finder replacement uh it it uh, it does nearly everything that the finder does and then some uh, a couple of things that it'll do. It'll do uh, dual pane file browsing. Right. So you can have one window open uh, where you've got one folder navigated and then on the left, another folder navigated and you can drag files between them. You can change your navigation in one without it changing in the other uh, and, and really kind of get things uh, drilled down. It's also got a drop stack. Now, this is an interesting concept. Uh, John, have you ever been in one folder and you say, I want to take this file and copy it somewhere else or move it 
somewhere else. And so what you got to do is you either got to, you know, yeah. uh, you open know, up another window right, and uh, open, open another yeah, window. That's, that's navigate how you do through. it. Right. Or you drag to the desktop, right. And, you know, hold it there and do this while the drop stack, you drag the file to the drop stack. Then you go navigate. Now, the cool thing is you can, na- let's say you drop three, three files to the drop stack, right? It is a, it treats it like a stack, so the the last thing in is the first thing out. So you, you drag three files to the stack. Now you go uh, to the folder where you want the topmost file and you drag that out. Boom. Now, if it's on the same drive, it has moved it. If it's a different drive, it has copied it just like the finder would have done. Now you go to another place. And now the, the next topmost folder to, or, or item on the stack, you can drag out. And uh, and this makes things really handy. It, 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 it might it might not sound like a lot, but as soon as you start using it, you see the power. Uh, you have, um, it, it is compatible with snow leopard. There is a 64 bit version coming. I saw it on their, on their Twitter feed today, but, uh, but the, uh, the current version works fine, uh, in snow leopard. It is available for thirty nine ninety five, And of course you can get a 30 day free demo, uh, from cocotech.com. And again, this is pathfinder available at cocotech.com. And it's thirty nine ninety five. But go ahead and try it for free. Uh, you get thirty days to decide that uh, it's completely invaluable and you couldn't possibly live without it. So check it out, Pathfinder dot com. And now, speaking of apps, but not necessarily those on the Mac, let's let's uh, see what Michael has to say. Hey, John, Dave. This is Michael calling in again from Chicago. Uh, I've got a question for you um, that I think might pertain to slow. Uh, I'm assuming it pertains to Snow Leopard, since that's been the big change in my computer. Uh, when I first installed Snow Leopard, everything was going great. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait. All and right. then after about a week... I I've, I played the wrong Michael. I actually wanted to hear this one. <laughs> hey, well, we'll do it. You know, we'll do that one, and then, and then, we'll, uh, and then we'll move on. But it, it, it's not... It, it, it is pertaining to the map. I found that so. my CPU usage was running really... Uh, and the computer was running really hot, where it was idling like anywhere between like 40% and 70%. Uh, so what I did is I tried to do, I did a complete reinstall again of Snow Leopard. Everything worked great. And then yesterday the same problem came up about a week and a half later. Uh, so, um, I've tried to do some research on the web, but I'm not sure what's going on. And I, you know, whatever Snow Leopard has under the hood, I still don't understand why it would be doing that. And why my computer is running twice as hot as it used to normally, just sitting idly, not doing anything serious, you know, maybe a mail application open, constantly running and, and idle seems to be the big, um, the big culprit here, as I said, anywhere between like 40 and 55%. Uh, user sometimes also is up around like 40%. I'm not exactly sure if that means anything because I never really paid much attention to that before because I never had an issue. So uh, any help you give me would be great. Uh, you can cut me off now. All right. We'll cut you off. Okay. So uh, let's start by going to Activity Monitor, John. And in Activity Monitor, and I think this is where Michael is, it's a good conversation about how to interpret what you're seeing here. Uh, when you run Activity Monitor, you have four, Apple calls them tabs at the bottom. To me, they're just buttons, but actually five uh, tabs at the bottom. And the leftmost one is CPU. You will see four things listed here. User, system, nice, and idle. User is processes that are owned by your current user. System is processes that are owned by uh, the system as a whole. Nice is processes that have been given a lower priority to run only if there is time left on the CPU. And idle is the amount of time that the CPU is spending doing nothing. So uh, it's not really a process as much as it is a not process. Mm-hmm. Right, John? Is that, is that the right way to explain it? It's the, I mean, one is the percentage of time that you're doing work and the other is, you know, excess or unused yeah. capacity. I think that's, uh, that's what it's telling you there. So now, now here's the interesting thing. When you're, when your machine is doing nothing, the idle process should be Above 90%. It's not going to be at 100. Your machine's always doing something. It's drawing the window. Activity monitor, right, is is doing something. So so that's going to cause some CPU usage. But right now I'm, you know, I'm looking at activity monitor and it's using 2% of my CPU um, to, to draw the graphs and, and do what it's doing. So 
the the interesting thing is that you're sitting idle and yet your your idle process is only showing 40 or 60 percent idle, which means you've got 60 or 40 percent of your CPU being used. One way to uh, to figure out what's going on is right there in in front of you, an activity monitor. If you first go up to the top, uh, sort of toward the right and choose all processes, don't choose all processes hierarchically, but choose all processes. And then you'll see a big list in front of you. Click on the CPU column where uh, so that you get uh, the little triangle aiming down and that will float the process that's using the most CPU to the top of the screen. So uh, so that will uh, that will tell you what you're seeing um, and that will tell you what process is using the, the majority of the CPU. Now, that might change as as activity monitor refreshes over and over again. But uh, but that'll give you an idea as to what process is is using the part that's not idle. Now, John, you, you've uh, you've been checking out something in Snow Leopard to uh, to to qualify this. Well, actually, Pete made a comment, but a uh, uh, Snow Leopard activity monitor CPU does not list nice. Okay. Let's use our system and idle. Okay. Now, when he says idle, I want to be clear. Idle is what you're seeing under CPU in the percentage idle. Correct. Selection. You're not seeing a process called idle. No. Because no. that's at first what I thought he was saying. I'm like, well, that's not the. I mean, on on Windows, at least yes. XP, there's a system idle process which reflects, I think, the same value, which is time that's not being spent doing anything. Right. Um, and actually, you bring up an important point: is that I have seen cases where. If you don't have all processes on an activity monitor, what you're going to see could be confusing. Yes. Yeah, because you might see my processes, which, yeah. you know, is just a real subset. That's pretty much, you know, application programs that you run. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of the other stuff and, and probably user, you know, you see a lot of things running as root, or at least I do, uh, or system or I yeah. don't know if I see system. But anyways, um, yeah, it's always going to be doing something. Now, saying running hot kind of concerns me because I'm trying to figure if what he's saying is that it's consistently running with less percent idle and therefore the temperature is always higher with some sort of temperature utility. I don't I think by, are running. I think by hot, I interpreted that not to have anything to do with temperature, but to to okay. have to do with with percentage CPU use. Just active. Active. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. But it could like be Leon Redbone. It's, it, it has nothing to do with redfish bone. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, are we are we good on this one, John? I think we I think we explained that one pretty well. I I think that's it. Okay. Yes. All right. Now we'll go to the Michael. I thought we were going to. Hi, this is Michael. I have an iPhone with a number of apps on it, and I'm buying one for my wife. Our Mac Mini is running Snow Leopard with iTunes 9. I don't want to have to repurchase the apps for her phone. Is that possible? I'd like her to be able to sync her phone from her own account, but she can use my account if that's easier. Her phone is smaller than mine, so I can't just use the same name and mirror it. What's the best way to do this? Thanks. Okay, so uh, just like you can share songs inside iTunes from one computer to another, you can share applications. Now, uh, the way you do it is um, you, you can do one of two ways. You can force it to re-download on the iPhone and authenticate with your account. But that starts to get kind of messy. Uh, the way that my wife and I do it, we do exactly the same thing, is uh, we go in and, and find the application inside iTunes and right-click on it and say reveal in Finder. And then it's a, you know, it's an, I think an IPA file is what it is, .IPA. And so I send that file to her and she drags it into her uh, her iTunes and and then once she drags it in, it appears in her applications. But the for the first one, what she has to do is double click on it and it'll come up and it'll say uh, you don't have permission to use this application and you need to type in, uh, you know, the username, the password associated with the username for this particular app and which, of course, be mine. So as long as you're willing to give your wife your password or type it in once on her machine, then that will authenticate her copy of iTunes to sync those apps to her iPhone and, and then she can use them on her iPhone. And this is this is allowed by Apple. I mean, they, they've they've talked about it uh, where they say that, uh, you know, yep, you can use apps on up to five phones and and it's totally copacetic. And so my wife and I do this constantly. And what, one of the one of the strange things that you'll see is when you go to update apps, if you've got, you know, say half a dozen updates on your iPhone, 
uh, when you go to update, it'll ask you for your password because you've got to type your password to download new stuff. And sometimes it'll ask me for mine. And sometimes it asks me for hers because I'm updating an app that she had authenticated. But uh, but you can do it on two separate com- computers. You can do it on two separate user accounts on the same computer. Just copy the apps back and forth between uh, between different versions of iTunes, and that'll work just fine. Have you ever done anything like that, John, or no? Um, I run into this because I have two iPod touches right. that are tied into the same machine. And sometimes on one, if I download the app, it'll be like, oh, you've already downloaded this. You want, you want it again? So Right, right. Yeah. And that, give me a password. I, I've seen the, the, well, I think I have it under the same account. So, uh, but yeah, I have seen this where it seems to be smart enough to um, just re-authenticate you. Cool. All right. Uh, we, should, we can do a couple of more things here before we uh, before we print this one out the door. Let's um, I, I don't know what that means, but I've, I've never heard of that. No, that's that's a phrase that we that we now own. We have coined a phrase, John, Printing virtually. But hmm. uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, last week, we talked about jump cut. At, I talked about jump cut as a multiple clipboard uh uh, utility to use and it worked in snow leopard and lots of you wrote in uh i think jeff was the the first one he, he caught me on twitter and said yeah you know uh jump cut's nice but you should check out clip menu which is at clipmenu.com and boy howdy jeff you were right it's way better than jump cut so boy howdy boy howdy you got it uh i lived in texas for six years there are things you pick up it's so much better. It it works better. It it has more features. It's smoother. It's more Mac like, um, and and I I really like it. So it's it's very customizable. And and I actually didn't like it at first, but was able to uh, to customize. It. I wanted to put everything in subfolders, and it's like, ah, no, no, give me this stuff in one big folder. Right? I'm fine with that. And uh, and now my I am living again in multiple uh, clipboard bliss. So clip menu at clipmenu.com. Mm-hmm. All right, so that that's one. Should we? Uh, I got one. You got one. Go. Well, I just noticed that today when I was doing some prep uh, for the show. Um, if you drag a bunch of PDF documents over Preview, what happens on my Leopard machine is it opens separate windows for each one. On Snow okay. Leopard, because there's a newer version of Preview, it opened them all up in one window. And at first, I thought, well, wait, I thought I. No, actually, I highlighted a bunch and I did a right click and said, "Open with Preview." Okay. Uh, not that that should make a difference, but uh, maybe it did because it opened it up in a single window. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not right. But then I looked on the right side of the window and it was an icon for each of the documents with like a nice little stack of pages huh. indicating the number of them. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. And having the file name. So that was, that was kind of weird. I Sweet. didn't expect that. So tiny little thing, easy, easy to try out. Preview is, uh, you know, not bad for what it is. No, you know, one thing that I uh, wind up using Preview for, I, I use PDF Pen a lot to uh you know put signatures in and rearrange things if i need to or and you can edit text sometimes which is cool but um but but preview uh, and this is true of leopard's version and snow leopard's version you can remove and move pages so if i have two pdfs that i want to combine i open them both up i open the drawer uh where you hit the the rightmost button in the uh, toolbar and it drops a drawer out that shows you uh uh, kind of a pain for every page. And even if there's only one page, it's there. You can grab a page from that and actually move it to an entirely different PDF file uh, and rearrange things. So you can take two PDFs and combine them, which is pretty cool. So, all right, that's, uh, I think, I think we're ready to uh, print this one out the barn door, John. <laughs> right. That's wide open, right? That's wide open as long as, but but it's not on the broad side. It's on the short side. of the oh. It's it's the same but completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We'll just let you sit with that for a minute while we relax. No, we're not gonna let you sit. We're gonna tell you because you know you're probably just itching to get in touch with us. I I know Especially I would be. Fall. That's right. Uh, After all, we said you can't afford not to listen to this show. The and more you listen, the more you save. <laughs> Audio comments can be phoned in to 206-666-GEEK, which is 4335. That's right. But we actually find that we prefer audio comments to be emailed to us at feedback at macgeekgab.com. 
Now, I thought I thought you said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Now, you listen to me. I said feedback at MacGeekGab.com, and I meant it. <laughs> uh you can do this straight from your iPhone. You can use the voice record or the voice memo ma- app or whatever the heck it's called, right? Mm-hmm. And you can record a little voice memo there on your iPhone and mm-hmm. then send that along uh, right from your iPhone. You can email it to us at feedback at com, <laughs> and I mean that. And uh, and it sounds great. So it's called Voice Memos is the app on your iPhone. We can, we can remember the email address. We can't remember the app, but thankfully you can search for it and it works. Yeah, I gotta send one in. Actually, I was trying it the other day. I do have a, uh, one set of earphones that also have a microphone in them. It has a funky uh, yeah. plug, but it works on the touch as well. That's right. It does work on the touch as long as you have uh, some sort of microphone on it. That's right. Uh, you can Skype us to Mac Geek Gab, and we've proven that it works because we, I think one of the comments we played tonight came in through Skype. Uh, iPhoneAlley.com is where Michael Johnston publishes all this great iPhone news, and uh, and you can uh, find him there. He, he's also the one, of course, that converts the show to AAC for us and for you. Cashfly provides all the bandwidth for us and for you to get this show. The podcast marketplace includes, of course, the A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, Yojimbo from Barebones Software, Text Expander and Text Expander Touch from Smile on My Mac, Notebook from Circus Phonies, Circus Ponies, excuse me, <laughs> and uh, there are not phonies over there. There is no H in that name. Those guys know what they're doing. Uh, and Pathfinder 5 from Cocotech, of course, all through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Got anything to add, John? No, I have something to take away, though. All right, what do you have to take away? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Myself. Yeah, we got to take ourselves away. And I got one. A shout-out to Gary Boudreau in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a high school classmate of mine. He's a show listener. Awesome. 30 years to go, high school reunion this weekend. It was great. Gary, thanks for listening. All of you, thanks for listening. Thanks, Pilot Pete. And, uh, Gary, don't get caught. Made up.